into this rally believing for God to move. So we've got the belief, we've got the expectation. Now the glue is prayer. Okay, you can have faith and you can have expectation, but if you don't pray, God doesn't move. And, I, and I've always believed this. I've never stopped believing it. I never will stop believing it. It's the key. And some of, sometimes I can even be annoying about it. Amen? When I am really pushing us to, to get in that prayer room before services and to pray and, and to have time of prayer and everything. But the reason is because I know how important it is. It's, it's, it's when, whenever you are in a service and you leave and you say, man, God really moved. You know why he moved? Because we prayed. Because prayer is what moves the hand of God and prayer is what moves the spirit of God and prayer is what, what brings the final touch to all the preparation. And I want to start off in Mark chapter one and I want to show you a couple characteristics just for a few minutes. Um, I'm going to be done in 15 minutes, Amen. Somebody shout at me in 15 minutes. I know my wife will. Amen. She's over there. She don't believe. See, she doubts. She doubts. Have faith. Have ridiculous faith. <laughs> Mark chapter 1, 35. Look at this. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Short verse. Amen. Let's look at that again. Mark 1.35, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Father, just for the next few minutes, teach us something. Teach us something that'll help us this week, Father, to really see your hand move in this rally, having all these pastors and members of other ch our churches coming in from different places, and miracles and, and words and signs and wonders and, and unity in our fellowship. God, just move by the anointing of your spirit tonight, as Paul said at the offering. Just anoint this and let it be on, on, on ears that would hear tonight and apply. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's something about following what Jesus does. Now, I'm not making a doctrine out of this, and I'm not saying that you can't pray anytime, anywhere, and anyhow, but I like to follow Jesus. I like to do what Jesus did. And when he, there's something about... There, the, what he did when he would get up early and I, I tell the guys a lot this in discipleship and my 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 family know this my daughters and wife know this I I'm not a morning person by nature I don't like to get up early but I make myself get up early and I make myself uh, get up for prayer because I want to follow Jesus again I'm not I'm not doing that as works I'm not doing that as something that makes me better or doesn't mean Jesus loves me anymore but it's something that I do to put my flesh into place and so I get up and and I come to church and so I follow what he says here he says in the morning first of all doesn't mean you can't pray at night and you should but he riz, riz, rose before daylight meaning it was pretty early and he went out and departed to a solitary place and so ever since I got saved I learned that I couldn't pray my, myself and I've said this to you before I couldn't pray in my house like I can pray somewhere else if I get out of my bed and I, and, I, you know, and I roll over and get on my knees right there in my bed, guess what's going to happen? My head's going to fall down. And some of us can sleep anywhere. We don't need any help. Amen? But if I, put, if I get on my knees and, and try to pray in my bed, my bed's going to say, come here, head. And I'm going to go down and fall asleep. Then I used to try going out to the couch, went out to the living room, pray out there. Same thing, same result. So I finally said, the only way I'm going to have true, because if you're going to do something, do it good, right? The only way I'm going to have true good prayers, if I get up, and get in my car and go someplace. And so ever since I got saved, my dad knows this all the way back in the 
first years of being saved, I would always go to the church. I would always, and this is before I was ever a pastor, I would go to the church, and I thank God that the pastor of the church that I was in had prayer open, and that's the case here. But um, I would go and drive there, and I would have prayer there at a solitary place because I wanted to have effective prayer. And I wanted to be away from everything else. And so that's what I've always done, and I want to follow Jesus' place here. But there's something about going to a solitary place. For you, it can be your room. It can be what they call a prayer closet. It can be your living room. It doesn't really matter where. I'm telling you from my own experience what I do. But you, you make that decision, but there is something about going someplace. Like I said, whether it's from your bedroom to your living room or wherever it is, and making a place. You know, the War Room movie talks about that, having a place of prayer. And so I'm not making a doctrine of where, how, or when, but find that place, make that time daily. Acts, the book of Acts talks about in, in chapter 3 when they were going to the, to the time of prayer. So it means there was a time they went and a place they went and established time to pray. So I want to talk tonight about prayer and fasting. And I want to challenge us over the next few days to do some prayer and fasting. Now you guys know when I do this, I don't ever ask you to do, say, do this many days or do this. I always allow you to pray on your own and decide what you want to do and how you want to fast. But I do want to ask everybody to participate in any way they can because if we're going to see a powerful rally, it's going to be because we prayed. If we're going to see God's spirit move in this place over the next few days, it's going to be because we sought the Lord and sought his face. Amen? And then at the end of the week, on Friday night, and then even going into Sunday with Pastor Jones, when we see miracles and we we feel that presence of God and we see people get saved and things happen, we'll say, you know what, this happened because we prayed, because we sought his his face. Now, that was Mark 135. Go over quickly just to the book of Luke. And I want to show you one more thing about Jesus in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5. And then I'm just going to show you another verse tonight. Uh, Luke Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Give me an amen if you're there. We see this again. It says, so he himself, this is Jesus, capital H, often. How many know we should pray often? Often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Amen? He himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So again, we see him getting away. And there's many verses in there where you'll see where he'll be with the disciples. He'll get in a boat. He'll go out in the boat or they'll be in the boat and he'll go wherever. He's always going away and finding a place to get alone with God and to talk with God. Now we know that when we come together in the prayer room, we're all together and there's a power in that. There's corporate prayer and there's personal prayer. And how many know that when we come together in the prayer room or we come together for a prayer meeting, you know a lot of times we have prayer meetings on Friday nights or we have a time we come together for a prayer. When we come together for that prayer meeting, it's more powerful when we have been praying individually. Personal prayer leads into corporate prayer. And so there's a strength in when I bring in my prayer life and you bring in your prayer life and everybody brings in their prayer life to a place of prayer. And we, we, we say, God, we're going to seek your face. Amen? Now let's go over just real quick to the book of Joel. And I want to show you one more thing here about praying and fasting. And we're just going to have some time at the end of, of the service here to worship and pray a little bit and just declare together tonight, together, for this rally because this will be the last time before Wednesday officially starts where we're just going to be here in services together. But um, I want to pray specifically tonight for uh, God to move, God to protect everybody coming in and all the things that need to pl- take place. We need to pray for weather. Amen. We need to pray for good weather because it's not looking good right now. Um, but God can change that. Amen. So Joel chapter two, just let me show you a few more verses tonight. He says in verse 12, 
Therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments. So it's a heart thing when we pray, amen? And then he goes down to verse 15 and says, blow the trumpet in Zion and consecrate a fast. So that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm, as a church, consecrating a fast for us. He says, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes, and let the bridegroom grow out from the chamber and the bride from her dressing room. And then it goes on to give some more stuff. And it says, at, at, at down further, if you look at verse 18, that when we do that, something happens. It says, the Lord will be zealous for his land and will pity his people. So how many know that when we pray, God answers? And when we pray with the heart of expectancy and we pray with the heart of faith and we pray with the spirit of sincerity to God, God is wanting to answer our prayers. There's nobody that wants, God, wants to move more of this rally than God. We're all excited. We're expecting. We're, we're, glad, we're excited to see friends and family in the Lord. And we're excited to hear messages. Amen. We're excited about being together and all these different things. But nobody's more excited than God. Let's not leave him out of this. We got to make sure we're partnering with the Lord. Amen. Sometimes we can get so busy doing what we're doing that we forget, oh man, I need to talk to God about this. And so we really need to have an attitude going into tomorrow until Wednesday of prayer and fasting. Amen. One last verse. I'm doing good. Amen. It's only been five minutes. Doing good, huh? I might even beat the 15. Isaiah 58. Go over there real quick. Isaiah 58. Give me an amen when you're there. That's going in the left of your Bible from Joel. God's got an attitude that we should have when we fast. Now I want to make a statement real quick, an honest statement. I don't like fasting. Everybody knows I like to eat. I like to eat. I don't like to fast. So I'm not going to stand up here and act super spiritual and say I, like to, I don't like to fast, but I believe in fasting. I believe in the importance of it, and I believe it's necessary. And, I, and we, don't, we don't fast enough. Amen? We, we should fast more. And as believers, again, there's this personal thing that we always talk about. When the Lord quickens you to fast, you should listen. And a lot of times you'll be, you know, this, this moment here is for an established thing we're believing and praying for for this rally. But a lot of times when you fast, you'll be in a situation where you've got to have an answer. And Jesus called it, as they tried to bring this boy to get demons cast out of him and they couldn't do it, Jesus made a statement. He said, some things only come out by prayer and fasting. And he said, there's sometimes, so if you're in a, in a place in your life, I'm just plugging this in, this isn't really the direction I'm going, but if you're in a place in your life financially or maritally or physically or, or whatever, and you're, you're, you're against something that seems insurmountable, you need faith and you need expectation and all those things, but you need to do a fast. You need to tell your, your body, I'm going to, to, to put you into subjection. And there's three things that we fight every day. It's the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen? The world, the flesh, and the devil. We fight those three things every single day. And sometimes we've got to get real serious about it and say, God, I'm going to do a fast because if I don't do this fast... I'm not going to see a victory, and Jesus made that statement. So you'll find times in your life where 
No one else is fasting, but God's telling you, hey, you want a victory in this? You need to do something about this. Maybe sometimes when you see somebody have a victory, maybe they're fasting. You say, why is that person always victorious? Or why is that person getting victory and I'm not? Maybe they're fasting. But the Bible tells us that we're not supposed to go around telling everybody we're fasting. I'm not saying this tonight as I'm announcing it, but over the next three days, whatever you do, you don't need to put it on Facebook. You need to tell people that you're fasting. That's not that The Bible says not to do that. You're not supposed to tell people you're fasting. We're, we, we obviously know we're going to be fasting, whether it's one meal or three, day, three days or whatever, but you're not supposed to tell people that. You're supposed to just do it because it's between you and the Lord. And so there's an attitude behind it, and sometimes people, you know, they want everybody to know because, like, I don't like this, and I want everybody to know I'm fasting. You know, I'm just, I can't, I'm so weak. I haven't eaten since 3 o'clock. I don't know if I'm going to make it till nine. Amen. I don't like fasting, but I'm going to do it because I believe that God answers prayers of fasting. Amen. And seeking his face and dying to our flesh. So he says this attitude as I closed on it in Isaiah 58. You can read later the whole chapter, but people always ask me, what, what's the best thing in the, verse, in the Bible about fasting? And I believe Isaiah 58 is the clearest. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to read verse six. He says, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. And in the beginning of those verses, one down to five and after it talks about the right attitude about fasting and the wrong attitude about fasting. But I wanted to show you in the middle that when you fast, it breaks chains. When you fast, it heals the oppressed. It loosed the bonds of wickedness. It undoes burdens. It does something. And so we can, we can go into this week saying, God, I, I want to have a spirit and an attitude of prayer and fasting. And I'm not just hoping something's going to happen this week. I'm going to pray that something's going to happen this week. Amen? And so Tonight, I want to challenge you again, as you do this, you can say tonight in your spirits, we can begin to come pray in a moment. I'm going to ask the musicians to come forward. I did it, see? I did it. We can have Kiana, where's she at? Kiana, here? Oh, we don't have any musicians. I got this. I'll just play. I got this. I wish I could. I need to fast. Oh, there, Kiana is here. Come on, Kiana. You can do it. As we're, as we're getting close tonight, I want you to think over the next three days and as we come to pray, I want you to decide in your spirit, what am I going to do? What am I going to do personally? You can say, I'm going to fast one meal. I would hope, pray, that everybody in here could do that. I'm not making you, just hoping that everybody could, could at least fast one meal between now and Wednesday. And, and I always like to say, don't fast the one meal you don't eat. <laughs> Amen. Some people don't eat breakfast. I'm like, yeah, I'm fasting breakfast tomorrow. Paul, if I hear you passes breakfast, I'm going to say, man, you messed up. Because Paul don't eat breakfast, huh? So there you go. You can fast your coffee. Amen. So fast a meal, whatever meal is the most important, whatever. Again, this is, this is not a religious thing. This is a spirit of attitude unto God. And you just do it with the right attitude. And you say, Lord, I want to I wanna do something in prayer and fasting for God to move this Wednesday. So one meal, you can fast a whole day. You can fast all three meals. 
You can fast two days. You can fast whatever you want. But I just want to ask you and challenge you tonight as a church that let's do some praying and fasting for this. And as you, as you come to that meal, if that's what you're going to do, you know, if it's at lunch or it's at, if you're at work and you can't go into another room, whatever, whatever you do during that meal, pray during that time. And instead of eating physically, you pray. And you, and you feed your spirit. And that's the idea behind that is to just, just say, God, I'm going to pray right now. Instead of giving my body food, I'm going to pray. Like Paul said, some people love coffee. I love coffee. Fast something that you really like. Give that to the Lord. Say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. Drink a lot of water. Water is purifying. So regardless of what you do, drink a lot of water. Whether you feel do it fast a meal or two meals or three meals or a day or whatever, drink a lot of water. Because water is good for you. Amen. Cleanse your system out. And then the other thing is I want to really challenge us Wednesday night and Thursday night and Friday night and Friday morning to be in that prayer room. To fill it up. I'm, I'm hoping this year that there'll be so many people in there from our church that will have to open up another room because there'll be too many people praying in there. We'll have to have two prayer rooms. How many believe that with me? Because that's what's going to move the hand of God. Amen? So I know that, you know, we've been sacrificing a lot to do a lot of things, but this is an important week for us. And we're, we're going to stand at the end of the week and say, man, I'm so glad that I prayed.